for this week's icebreaker, what would your character's theme song, favorite band, or favorite genre of music be? Like in the real world, or are these like fantasy versions of of what you think they'd listen to? Up to you. <laughs> I, I say start real world and then come up with a fantasy pun version of it. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. I like that. Uh, let's do let's do cross this time. Oh shit! Okay, <laughs> I we it's pretty much just like instrumental like it's just it's just whatever's going on and like we listen to a lot of nature and so i think if i were to listen to something in the real world it would probably be kind of like um headspace the app mm-hmm. i'm sorry what <laughs> <laughs> just meditation sounds to fall sounds. asleep too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, but if we have to get really into it, I would I would definitely in in the fantasy world equivalent like if I'm talk if I'm thinking about it, I would want something like polyphia like math rock, and I think we'd call it apple rock. Mm. Hell yeah, <laughs> nice. I am going to throw it to Walker. All right, I think Walker, as much as he thinks he's a rebel, he also comes from an older generation community, and part of that still rubs off so he's into the classics i think combining the classics and the rebelliousness i I think he's a big fan of old country and uh his favorite artist is probably johnny kelp (laughs) very cool (laughs) i can imagine instead of having like the swooshed over hair just having like seaweed like flopped over the top his favorite song is ring of algae and (laughs) oh yeah i don't think i've been able to think of a pun offhand You gotta try, dude. You gotta fucking try. You have to fucking try. Nobody said it has to be good. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Let's uh, let's send it over to PJ. All right. Anytime I would be working, I'd be listening to the sounds of the outdoors and uh, whatever was right outside the the door of the church. And there were these couple of street musicians that would come by every once in a while. They both had acoustic guitars. Um, I'm pretty sure one was named Garfunkel and the other one is like <laughs> Sam or something like that. <laughs> Samson. Samsonite. Garfunkel and Samsonite. Acoustic <laughs> duo <laughs> of Vesper. <laughs> <laughs> Their hit single Sound of Quiet. And it's just liter it's the actual sound of quiet. It's just it's more like a John Cage moment where it's just like like five minutes of nothing. You can hear a pin drop in the background. Yeah. Just so it breaks the silence. They're street performers, but not musicians. They're they just have guitars. And they're like those <laughs> living statues. Or it's all about the anticipation. They're about to strum, yeah. but they never do. <laughs> Love it. Leslie, that leaves that leaves you. I'm not witty like you guys, okay? <laughs> okay, so um, if I had to pick a type of music that really represents me, it's basically what you ever uh, like would imagine the color yellow to be for music. So that's for me kind of like a folky, low tempo, like really chill, like the, like picture what you would listen to when the sun rises, you know? Ella's into like, chill lo-fi beats to adventure to or i was kind of thinking that but listen to some bob dweller on the weekends bob dweller of the dwellers yes of the dwellers what about godot godot let me think 
You know, back in the old times when meat was still on the menu, so to speak, <laughs> there was a band my uh, forebears were into. Uh, they, they bucked the establishment. They were definitely not mainstream. And if you got caught listening to them, your parents would be angry. They'd call it garbage. I always thought it was so fascinating. I thought the sound was just so raw and in your face. Uh, I think they were called Lad Brains. That's what they were called, Lad Brains. <laughs> um, kind of a punk rock sound, yes? Um, again, we don't eat brains anymore. I know people keep saying that, but we haven't eaten brains in over a thousand years. For a second, whenever you're like, your parents would call it garbage. I'm like, oh no, is is Godot super into garbage? <laughs> I hope not. That actually would have been a funnier joke now that I think about it. <laughs> Uh, your parents might refer to it as garbage. It, uh, it's a band called Garbage. Have you ever heard of that? <laughs> it was really the sound of a small portion of dirty water. We called it Puddle of Mud. That's <laughs> <laughs> just the most literal. <laughs> so none of our characters listen to Fantasy Creed? <laughs> the hell? <laughs> I will spit out a drink. <clears throat> I was in pain. <laughs> <laughs> Walker, the scene unfolds almost as if in slow motion. You are locked in martial combat with someone you could swear is almost your equal. A Triton woman of great martial prowess who is meeting and matching your every move. And the thrill of this encounter has kind of washed away perhaps any misgivings about it when you first entered the scene and were ambushed. But as you look up, you see one of your new companions, Leo, taking a dive, falling backward, again, almost in slow motion, slamming against the stone up on the dais. The look that crosses Godot's face as he reacts to the exchange of psychic energy that just sent Leo flying is just one of pure horror, as if he has no idea what just happened. What would you like to do? Ooh, I'm gonna have to roll and figure out what I want to do, because I think I'm as conflicted as Walker in this moment. Oh yeah? You want to keep fighting? I really want to stay and fight. Walker really wants mm -hmm. to stay and fight, but also me and Walker don't want Leo to die, and I don't know like how in control Godot is at this point, so I'm going to roll for selfishness. <laughs> <laughs> if I get over a nice. 10, I'll help Leo. If I get okay. under a 10, I'll yell and have someone else do it. I rolled a four. So I'm going to turn towards, uh, I think the future is closest to me. And I'm just going to mm -hmm. shout out and be like, Walker's down, get him. And I'm going to point out. Walker's towards down. I mean, Leo. Yes. Leo's down. <laughs> Leo's I told down, you it's fucking hard. It's fucking hard. <laughs> to remember your fucking so name. Gonna, you the know, name. Also, the way how I said, I don't know if anyone else caught it. It, was, it wasn't like fully there, but the second it came out of my mouth, I hated how close to Goofy I sent. 
<laughs> Leo's down. Get him. <laughs> Gosh, she's falling. Godot's out of control. The yep. stars are going out, Sora. <laughs> <laughs> You've been playing a little too much. Uh, too much Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, King, oh, Kingdom Hearts. Man. Not now, Sora. It's not the time for mercy. Kill him. Uh, <laughs> get him. <laughs> Some of the dark arts, Mickey. <laughs> Donald's not your friend anymore. He has to die, Sora. <laughs> so. I really wish I could do Donald's voice right now. I know, that'd be so good. I can't either. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so he's going to point up at what just happened and yell out to the future to go help Leo. And then I'm going to move my uh, Echo 5, 10, 15, just so we're both in combat with Fishy Girl. And I'm going to start making some swings. That's going to be a 10. That I'm pretty sure that won't hit. And then I'm going to use Unleash, Incar Inca Unleash Incarnation, which lets me take an additional swing from my Echo's point if I make an attack. That's going to be a 15. It's a little better. And then uh, I'm going to use bonus action two up in fighting to take a third strike with my offhand. And that one's going to be a 17. The 15 and the 17 hit. Go ahead and roll damage. Sweet. Uh, the first one is going to be a, a six damage, and okay. the second one is going to be five damage. Oof. So the echo kind of starts flickering towards me as I already am starting the fight. So I swing with that first attack, and uh, she just kind of dodges around it. And as I come in with the offhand, the echo's like almost blending in with my actual shadow, and it's swinging at the exact same time, like just a... I guess me shifted over again, looking like my own shadow, but you notice that two impacts distinctly hit as the shadow passes over. She's completely thrown off by this, basically fighting in water that comes up to your chest. And as she's attempting to kind of dodge around these attacks, maybe she's also distracted, but for whatever reason, the second one strikes and you see her eyes kind of roll back in her head and she falls down into the water and the current begins to try to take her away. Her, I don't feel like I have to save because she can breathe water. So I would assume I can. So I'm going to make the Echo take the last uh, 10 feet of their movement back behind me up onto the bridge out of the water. And then I will swim up kind of the opposite direction, also out of the water onto the bridge. Whereas the Echo is kind of retreating south, I'm advancing north up towards where Leo and Godot are facing off, or rather where Leo's dying in front of Godot. Leo, I need you to make a death saving throw. Ah, uh, yes, I suppose you do, don't you? <laughs> 16 that saves hey. mark it uh, down that's one, one success success doesn't Campbell go as well oh explicitly if I am incapacitated it can act autonomously beautiful so then against Godot Campbell will use force empowered rend. And he was still grappled by Godot, I believe. Oh. So he's gonna have to try to break out of that. Although Godot could have let him go, but I didn't state that. So let's say that in his stupor, he is kind of like not realizing that he's strangling this creature as well. Sounds good. So do I need to break the grapple before using a melee attack? You do not. Okay. That is a nine plus four, 13. Campbell strikes and it hits hard, but whatever natural armor or, or armor ha uh, Godot has underneath his tunic and trench coat is shielding him from any harm. I believe that is all I can do. 
Next in the order is Ella. What would you like to do? Yeah, I'm currently ducked behind. There's like a staircase that leads into the the creek that goes horizontally through the map. And I am just on like the ledge right behind that. And so I have to, in order to get to Godot or Leo is what I want to do. I have to cross this. So I'm trying to think, okay, I could try to jump, but in the past games I've played, um, jumping across, <laughs> it just doesn't, it's like a running connect, like I will be swept away and, and dead. So I'm going to use, unfortunately, my movement and an action to get all the way around there. I have to cross the bridge on, the, on my right to get to where they are in the center top of this map. So... You're basically using like the dash action, right? To double yes, move it? yes, I'm yeah. using dash to double move, and I my bonus actions are not useful. So I'm going to kneel down right by Leo. Like I'm, I'm right now. It's me, Leo, and then Godot in like a through line. So I'm gonna duck behind Leo and uh, point my arrow right at Godot's face, and I say, "Let Campbell go." I'm going to take a dash action and just run up and make a case and be like, okay, we get it. We're, we, I just, is he going to be okay? Can we stop this now? Did we do it? Please? That brings us to Godot. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) It all happens so fast. He looks over and sees that he's strangling Campbell, who's, flailing and fighting against him, drops the defender to the ground. Here's your voice come up behind him and kind of turns startled. And you see in his eyes just sheer confusion. He doesn't really have anywhere to go. Leo is lying on the ground to his left. You're to his right. And Ella has a bow pointed at his face. He puts his hands up, looks between you, doesn't know what to say, and immediately kneels. So I am going to make a medicine check on behalf of Godot. That is bad. That is a bad roll. I rolled a nine. Uh, that is not going to do it. He frantically kind of searches. I, I, uh, I'm afraid that I know know anything about these automatons. I, I do. Either of you have any idea how to stop whatever I've done? I, I swear, this has never happened in training before. All right, Walker's going to continue towards where everybody is now, which gets me in contact with Leo. I'll kneel down and try and stabilize them. It's a medicine check, right? It is. That is going to be a 17 total on my medicine check. Okay. Describe to me what what it's like. If I remember correctly, the way you described Leo falling unconscious, it was like almost being pushed out of their own body. And I start looking around to kind of where the gym in the center of their chest is housed thinking that that might be a bit of the issue and maybe I find it slightly dislodged and I'm able to just kind of gently push it back in, almost being guided by that same slight like vibration that I was feeling whenever I was holding the stone and whenever I used magic just a moment ago in what is not a common thing for me. And as it snaps into place, I look up with rage and mistrust in my face at Godot, and I will use a bonus action to switch places with my Echo because I don't want to be anywhere near them. And my Echo's just going to both swords out, kind of stand over Leo facing Godot. Can you roll a perception check? Uh, 15. It's interesting you mentioned that you reference the feeling you had when holding that piece of mineral, the stone that you chiseled, I should say, from the vein of ore inside that secret tunnel. Because 
this is your first time getting a really nice up close look at effectively Leo's heart, the thing that powers him. It's so similar, it may have been cut from the same vein. When you push it back into place and instantly the energy kind of surges out through his body. And Leo, you breathe. I guess you don't breathe, sorry. <laughs> Leo, if you if you breathe dare. The fan turns back on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, there's like a word. You just hear the sound of like uh, Windows 95, like starting up. <laughs> but too loud, it's distorted. That is gonna bring us to you, it is your turn in the order. Would I have any reason not to attack him back right now? I think his hands are still up and he's like kneeled down, right? Yeah, yeah. You're welcome to roll for it if you want to roll like insight. All right, yeah, let's do that. You want to play some D&D? Let's play some fucking D&D. way more fun. 13. Hmm. I'm going to call that a fail. I think you just woke up and the first thing you see is Godot's face leaning over you. The last thing you remembered was a surge of energy that like knocked you back and you open your eyes to see Godot's face leaning over you. I'm not telling you what you feel, but I don't think you have any way of knowing for sure that he is not striking again. So it is your call. All right. I'm going to scream a little bit. Ah! <laughs> and just grab at the dirt. And if there's any any pebbles there, cast magic stone on them and just throw them at Godot from the ground. I think you had pebbles already. We said that you stocked up. I do. I have a little dispenser. I'll just grab it out of my little All right. corner dispenser on my on my belt loop. Seven plus four, eleven. You open your eyes, and the first thing you see are Godot's intense. Amber eyes staring down at you. He has a horrified look on his face, but in the haze of being knocked unconscious and just coming to, you have no way to interpret that. And instinctively you hurdle one of the stones you've prepared, which flies over his head and against the side of a building, shattering some of the shingling as it explodes. Godot, realizing that you're alive, slumps back with a defeated look and, and his shoulders hunched and breathes a heavy sigh of relief as your friends collectively try to discern what the next move should be. We're gonna move forward now. Leo, even though you're conscious, desperately need some rest and recuperation. You need to recharge your batteries, so to speak. A lot has happened in a very short amount of time. And this is sort of the, the cherry on top. This is pushed you all to your limits. Godot excuses himself quickly and is not seen or heard from again the rest of the day. The four of you are left alone in your quarters to discuss what happened and to decide as a group what you would like to do next. So I only need four hours for a long rest. It's called the trance trait. After the four hours of meditating halfway through everyone's rest, I wanted to uh, get up and like sit by Leo or stand and kind of ask like what's going on like how are you doing Leo what are you doing exactly right now are you like standing by something or sitting um I'd be right next to the door if there's a chair there I'd sit in it otherwise just standing next to it okay I I will walk up and uh sit down on my knees uh next to Leo in silence for a little bit just because I know Leo's probably going through a lot in his uh, memory card. 
He's got a brain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> um, uh, and so after after uh, a beat of silence, I'll just say, "How um, how are you doing?" Uh, it's a lot to to take in. Do you think? Do you think Godot tried to kill me? I know. I know. It seemed unconscious, but it didn't seem unintentional. Like something took him over, some some sort of inner something. The whole situation was, I mean, really sudden. None of us expected to go into some sort of fight. I don't even think we, we knew we'd survive. We didn't even know their intentions for the first part. Maybe it, something triggered him when you came after him to fight because I don't even think he expected to fight but I'll be honest I was gonna come after him too so you're not alone in this it's not your fault that this happened it would have happened either way I believe I don't think he intended to hurt you at least from his the way he reacted. I know you were you were unconscious for this part, but he did kneel down and, and put up his hands like he was sorry, he didn't know what was going on. But I I still wouldn't um, trust him 100% right now, just because, I don't know, uh, sending us into a fight to test us is very bold. I know it seems like he's hung up on sort of people viewing him differently because of who he is and that's like I get that but I it's that's not why I don't trust him there's a whole lot going on I don't I don't know I don't know if we can trust him yet how how do you think Alvi's doing I don't even know how to approach that thought he's I mean he's been too sick to move for the past few months he's been confined to his bed the whole time as far as I understood, I guess maybe maybe he's been sneaking out under my nose. But to to learn that and to see that he's had his faculties the whole time and he's been able to to move. I don't I don't think he's been taken. He left that king. He he left he left notes for me essentially. And it's it's unsettling and it's it feels like a betrayal. I've known him my entire life. He's known me basically his entire life. We've we, we're family. Did he build you? No, no. Um, Victor was the one that I woke up to. I don't think he built me. He just kind of brought life into me through the crystal. I guess if you want to call it, my my father is my predecessor. The the automaton that was found right near where the church was founded, and. Um, Alvi showed up not long after I woke up as an apprentice. Something happened with his family. He had nowhere else to go, but was always curious about the church. Um, so Victor took him in as an apprentice and essentially raised both of us to become his replacement. So I've known Alvi since he was a teenager, basically. Wow, teenager. How old does that make you? If you don't mind me asking, of course. Uh, 70, 80. Wait, how old am I? Because I'm an elf. 
<laughs> it's not a big feat, huh? Well, we did agree that like elves in this time live uh, much shorter lifespans. Oh, that's right. But Ella being twelve hundred and freaking out about Leo being eighty. Whoa, is kind bro! Of funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? We can recon that no, right now. Makes way more sense the yeah. way you did it. <laughs> oh shit, eighty, dude! I'm only twelve. <laughs> well, hundred. <laughs> it's not like he would have never had an opportunity to, like, get away from me. Like he, he's the one that went out and ran errands. He, he's the one that left maybe a few times a week from the church to to get supplies or meet with people or try to find benefactors. It just didn't feel like we ever had secrets with each other. So it's hard to peg my feelings on it at this moment. I just, I get up from sitting down and I give him a, a firm side hug with both arms. Sore heads touch. I'll lean into it a little bit. And I say, we are going to find Alvi, whatever it takes. I don't think he was lying to you. I think he did whatever he did to protect you or whatever it is couldn't have been bad. I hope so. And scene. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are being really loud right now. And we know that that's probably because you don't sleep in total silence like the future usually does, but uh, I, um... As the future <laughs> opens his eyes to say this, there's just a shadowy <laughs> version of Walker standing directly over Oh my god. <laughs> while I sleep in the corner. You cannot have him awake. It says you? until I'm incapacitated, but that's different than unconscious, so it's hard to... It is, it is. Oh my god. Campbell's also looking over the future. <laughs> <laughs> the respect to like dismiss your shadow you're just like nah fuck I'm leaving this thing out it's the coolest thing that's ever happened to him <laughs> that's fair that's fair wow. there's a knock at the door you hear a tiny voice on the other side and I say tiny because it is uh, the same steward who summoned you all earlier in the morning I'm right next to the door slightly opening it so like he's looking right at me and you see that steward standing on the other side <laughs> startled as he sees your one eye peering through do your eyes glow are they like glowing eyes do they have like what do your eyes look like that's a good like question. Like Iron Giant? That's what I'm picturing you as I know. <laughs> we, we said they glowed when I was casting that Cure Wounds. So maybe they're like dully, kind of like they, they have a dull sheen to them, but they glow when you're like very, feeling very passionate. I like that. Um, so are you feeling that right now? Nah, just in defense. He sees you peering through the door and meekly sort of says, So sorry, uh, did not mean to interrupt anything. I've been informed to tell you that... Uh, Dinner is served, and uh, it's actually everyone's going to be there. Um, those from the community as well as those from within the scouts, where we're all meeting up for a bit of a swore way in the mess hall. And uh, yeah, didn't want you to miss out, so... The future screams. 
Because they wake up and hear and see the people over top of them and the robot Campbell staring down. I promise it's not any kind of ambush again. It's just dinner in the mess hall. That's it. If you want to come, it, it's actually on in 15. So just I'm instructed to let you know. And you're members of us now, uh, members of the organization. So you're welcome to attend. Uh, I bid you adieu. Is there a dress code and can I borrow a suit? I wish there were sometimes uh, because not all of us are as good at bathing as we ought to be so uh, come as you are I suppose and, and kind of takes a very curt bow and backs away into the hall did everybody else hear that dinner is served everybody will be there Godot's gonna eat the whole town <laughs> I slide out of my bed just underneath hoping that no one notices <laughs> trying to get out even though this robot and shadow are over top of me can I do a perception check to see if I notice yeah sure <laughs> Uh, 15. Yeah, Damn you it. notice. Yeah. I'll it's immediately switch room. places with the Echo, so I'm just in your face. <laughs> It'll go, boo. <laughs> I, uh, I'd like food and to be like some personal space. I know that I'm new to the, the whole speaking up about what I need and what I want, but like right now, we could use they. I could I could use a little bit of personal space. Soup can's been real nice, but Walker will like kind of chuckle and dismiss the echo, tossing one of the two apples I still have onto uh, the future's chest. Is this supposed to be a sign of fealty? <laughs> Just the chuckle continues <laughs> as I, I'm putting on my boots and heading out the door. I immediately bite the apple and also follow out. I'll follow as well. I'll leave Campbell here, though. I grab my things and go as well. Beyond the walls of the observatory, the wind and rain of an oncoming monsoon is lashing against the doors and windows, and thunder is roiling across a dark, turbulent sky. Within its main hall, however, an enormous hearth blazes, its leaping flames diligently chasing away the chill from outside. This, aided by a constant flow of fresh cider being tapped from the cellar below, has most of the guild's denizens looking rosy-cheeked and quite toasty. The many markings along the floor of this hall are evidence of its countless gatherings within these walls. Several sturdy tables stretch the length of the hall. Their benches offer room enough for members of every rank to break bread and share stories together. At the entrance to the hall, two epic statues, no doubt the visages of former scouts, frame the door. Toward the back of the room, a raised stone dais serves as a podium for announcements, toasts, and even an occasional performance of music or comedy. This happens to be one such occasion. The entire city has been on edge since the explosion at Founders Plaza, and with Patron's Day indefinitely postponed, it's clear the scouts are taking matters into their own hands. Treading carefully, you step inside. Pungent pipe smoke hangs heavy on the air. Scouts of every shape and size clog the interior of the mess hall, crowding tables and benches, slamming pints and singing along, albeit poorly, to a body three-piece band in the far corner. A broad-shouldered half-orc woman, one whom you recognize from the skirmish earlier in the day, barks orders to a harried steward across the room who shuffles over, heaving a platter laden with sloshing tankards and piles of baked fish. What would you like to do? Is there a place for us to sit, or are we just kind of finding... Kind of got to make your own place, yeah. 
You want to roll a perception check? Yeah. The future is very excited by all of this. This is more commotion than they're used to. Are they? In any degree. Okay. Uh, 15. To your right as you walk in are some tables that seem less occupied. Definitely room if you guys wanted to be left alone. The far end of the room, on the right or the left, most of the scouts have gathered toward where the band is playing and are making way more noise. Maybe the din of the music causes them to be a little louder down then. So if you wanted to get in the mix, that's where you would go. Um, to your left, it's a little closer to the kitchens and it is also not as packed, but there is a high-ranking official who is dining on the left-hand side, maybe with a couple other high-ranking members of the scouts. So, you know, there's folks gathered around on the tables, but they're not quite as raucous as they are at the far end of the room. The far end of the room is where you see the uh, four individuals that you fought against in that skirmish. The half-orc woman, the uh, triton, one was a half-elf, and the other was a furbolg. All but the half-elf woman are engaged in the frivolity. Uh, the half-elf is with them, but she is kind of staring dourly into her tankard. She's got a very serious uh, vibe about her, perhaps owing to the fact that she got taken out of the battle early. Is she upset that we kicked her ass? Aww. It kind of seems like it. It kind of seems like it. <laughs> Does the future say that? <laughs> yeah, the future says that. <laughs> Just to you guys. We don't see Godot anywhere? You do not. Okay, I'm going to grab two alcoholic beverages and uh, walk over to the half-elf and sit down next to her, give her a drink, because I, I was the one that took her out. So I say, so uh, no uh, no hard feelings. I'm going to ask you to roll a persuasion check, please. Uh, Walker grabs also two hands, one to the future. Now she walks over to uh, the half-elf. Walker just says, uh -huh. Maybe if Ella didn't kick her ass so hard, she wouldn't be so... And then, like, pauses a little too long for, like, bad comedic effect. But her... her <laughs> for a cheers. 19. She doesn't look at you right away. You slide the tankard over to her. She heaves a big sigh. She's wearing her cowl over her head. Her shoulders relax a little bit. She slides her empty tankard away and grabs the other one and says, Give it here. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't impressed. Name's Marley, by the way. What they call you? Uh, Ella. Nice to meet you. Marley? Yeah, Marley. Nice to meet you, too. So, you tasted this piss yet? Fucking apples. What won't they make out of it? I think it's pretty awesome. <laughs> I grab a fish and I give it to Leo. So I assume they don't drink. <laughs> I don't eat either. <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> a nice combo. <laughs> you see, uh, Marley looks across the room and says, Ugh, I feel like he could fucking do better. Oh, well, thank you. Um, we are a pretty hodgepodge group. Uh, we kind of all came together in, in a fun way. Uh, we're trying our best, though. Well, I'll say. Took all afternoon to sleep off that old ding to the noggin. He fucking got me good. You were pretty good yourself. Yeah, well, you know. Godot kind of sprung it on us. He's like, hey, I got these new recruits. You're going to have to try to break them in real fast. I don't have time to get ready. If that's what you're wondering, I could have taken you if I had more prep time. Do you trust Godot? Do you, do you like him? Is he good like boss? Well, I mean, yeah, he's uh, as good as they come. And no word of like brain eating or anything like that? 
What are you, some sort of fucking racist? What? <laughs> no, fuck no. I, I just, I keep hearing my friends talk about it. I feel like that's a thing. I, I'm sorry. I don't know. Listen, I've tried to get that guy to eat everything and he fucking won't touch it. He eats this fucking like protein shake. Are you kidding me? He fucking carries the thing around with him. Like he's going to the fucking gym all the time. No. Godot's on the up and up. That's good. I walk over and I've heard this and I've already like taken like two swigs and a little bit intoxicated. I don't know if you saw what he did to my buddy here and I reach back and hope that I tap on his chest and he may or may not be there. Leo, did you follow me? You gave me a fish. Of course I followed you. Yes. <laughs> so I tap on his chest with like a nice dull clang. And I'm like, this guy, this guy was on the ground earlier and we were, all of us were not having a great time. Um, I know, I know that you just said it was racist, but it feels like what he did, it's hard to determine if that's true or not. Dude, elephants are not eating brains in like fucking 500 right. years or All something right. crazy like that. I mean, maybe longer. I don't know if he eats brains in his spare time or anything, but I'm just saying like- In his spare time? That's worse. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> not on the clock, I mean, come on. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm saying I don't know what he does behind closed doors, but he's been an upstanding member of this organization for literally like 30 years. So no, I don't think he's fucking eating brains. I don't know. Goodell's been brain sober for 30 years, <laughs> except for on the weekends. That's Poppy's time. <laughs> Has he ever dropped anyone like he did me? You know, I've never seen the guy shook up like this. Fucking nerves of steel, this guy. Fucking resolute. He lost his fucking partner of years. Been bad an eyelash. I would be worried, mostly, if he wasn't shaken by this. And the fact that he's so disturbed says a lot. Who was this partner and when, when did he lose them? You want to talk about it? Talk to Addy. It's not my place to say. Uh, Walker's going to grab a very small plate or a coaster or something, just place it over the top of the drink and look for my closest place to go outside because you said it's like a monsoon out there. It's raining, yeah. I've been pretty dry for a while. I'll look for just kind of whatever area is the most open, but nearby, but probably somewhere a little darker, a little out of the way that has the most like rainfall and wind. This compound is not a castle, but it is made of stone mostly. And this is probably fashioned after that. Surrounding the main keep of the guild hall is basically, it's like an open courtyard and a little fountain outside. You could probably take a seat on the edge of the fountain and it's just pouring. I'll take a seat actually, like on the edge of the fountain, but not sitting outward, sitting inward where my feet are in the water. And I'm looking across the fountain. And on the other end of it, I'll manifest my echo. I'm just gonna intensely just sit there and stare at it and study it and try and figure out what the fuck it is. I'm gonna move, see if it moves, and note down what happens, take the little cover off of my drink, take a sip, put it back, and then just continue this out in the rain pretty much for the entire night. I'm gonna give you a point of inspiration because I think that's fucking cool. Why don't you tell us what happens? I think that um, whenever I'm not focusing on it, it almost moves like my shadow, but with a slight delay, I find that if I focus on it and I tell it not to, it stays. You know, for a moment there, Walker's unsure if this is its own entity, if this is something good, if this is something evil. I mean, it doesn't look super nice. It's just like a dark, shadowy, wispy version of myself. But I think 
over time, Walker comes to find that this is an extension of himself and not a different entity. And as that happens, a sense of relaxation comes over Walker, that this isn't something that he has to worry about. It is completely, it seems in the moment at least, under his control and just a part of him. He might not understand why it happened, but once he realizes that this isn't anything to worry about, he'll dismiss the echo and just uh, slip into the fountain like a hot tub with the drink up on the ledge, arms up, and chill out there for a while. Roll a perception check for me. Not great, it's a nine. There is a flash of lightning and a crash of thunder. And as it's fading into the distance, you hear a, a voice. I'd say it's kind of fucking weird, but um, after what I've seen in the last couple of days, I, I don't know, it's fucking weird anymore. And you recognize the voice of the Triton woman you fought earlier in the day. She's standing off to the side. You didn't notice her because you were so focused on what you were doing. But she's come out to enjoy the rain as well and sees you slip into the fountain as like it's a hot tub and you realize she must have been watching you for a few minutes. I'll try and, without being noticed, uh, summon the echo just behind her, like off to the side a little, just kind of like over her shoulder. And then I'll switch spots with it really quick and be like, you watching me? She's startled. And she sort of turns and looks back at you and says, fuck. I kind of immediately give her a space after getting the reaction I wanted and uh, just say, you sound like you're from here, not down there. How long have you, how long have you been up here? I suppose introductions are kind of in order. Um, name's Addy. My dad's from the old world and uh, never actually been down to Assyria. Um, you're not missing a lot. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's nice in a way, peaceful, but the company fucking sucks. You want to join me? She hesitates a moment and says, ah, fuck it. She takes her top off, takes off her cuirass, takes off her um, her leggings and hops in, kind of like in her skivvies. Walker definitely looks at the camera and gives like a uh, Ferris Bueller, like look at the camera. And breaking the, the fourth wall. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to bring an ale out with me. So you're gonna have to share. Yeah, I'll uh, pass mine across. So you, you don't even get in the ocean, just in general. No, I mean, we stay fairly busy up here on the surface, so it's... Have you ever been around like live fish? Sea life? Close proximity? Not really, no. They kind of light up and I lean in and I'm like, we can talk to them. I assume you still have that. I mean, it's instinct more than language, so. Did you know that? Listen, I know I came at you pretty strong earlier, but uh, my dad's pretty uh, well-educated in terms of history, so I get it, but uh, I've never experienced it. Never had a reason to actually have a conversation with a fish. It's not really a conversation. It's more like a sudden flash of vague emotion. But it's interesting. I feel like that would just make me sad. Well, most fish are dumb and happy. So actually, I feel like I make them sad more than the other way around. You got deep emotions then? Is that what it is? Shit. Fade to black. (laughs) (laughs) 
cutting back to the uh, mess hall. Leo's holding the fish and F is trying to eat the bottom. <laughs> Speaking of fish. Does Leo get drunk? Is that a thing? I don't think I can consume anything. But you could pretend to be drunk, right? Like you could. What would be the forged equivalent of like getting wasted? I, maybe, maybe like sustained electric shocks. I don't know. <laughs> Leo just has like a car battery hooked up to his nipples. He's like, oh, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> wow. This took a turn. Uh, you guys are all seated at one of the long tables at the end near the, uh, where the bards, the, the, the three-piece bardic group is playing. And by now you're probably feeling, you know, way too intoxicated for your own good. If you've been keeping up with the company. In addition to Marley, the half-elf you fought earlier, the uh, half-orc woman and also the furbolg have joined you. And just to kind of fast forward through introductions, the half-orc woman's name is Hax. And she kind of like slams a tankard on the table and says, Look, earlier, I know I seemed a bit aggressive, but fuck, that was a good fight! What the fuck is good out? The furbolg woman has a much lighter touch. She says, uh, I know, I totally loved it. It was so cool. I swear someone threw a spell. I've read about spells. It's like a thing that you guys do. It was wild. And and you, you're like so big. And she's pointing at you, Leo. And she's like, I don't know how you did. Incredible, honestly, amazing. I was so thrilled. I didn't even like know how to process it. I couldn't decide whether I should be fighting you or, or celebrating this like union of martial skill. I love being a scout. I don't, are you, are you guys excited? This is so exciting. So I have enough wherewithal to really understand that this isn't the time to really gather deep information, but I'm going to make a note that Farah mentioned having heard about spells before. I want to explore that later after the festivities. Ella, Leo, F. The three of you are partaking of the festivities. And now that Farah, Hax, and Marley have officially made your acquaintance and they seem on the up and up, I'll say that all three of them have spoken highly of Godot. And I know Marley expressed her concern, but Hax seems the most worried. Like she's very loud and wants another drink. And she was the one shouting across the room at the steward to bring more cider. And if you were to bring up Godot again, she would sort of lose all that enthusiasm and say, yeah, I, I, I'm worried about him. I really am. I'm worried about him, mate. It doesn't seem okay. I mean, normally we, he loves these sort of things, but now nah, it's not like him to miss one of these. I'm trying to get by him. I'm sure that it's just taxing on him. Everything that's happened. It's got a lot on his plate, but I hope he's okay. Steward, I'm too dry. Fuck. Does anybody want a fish? <laughs> We're good. I cannot do anything with this. Please take no, it no, off my hand. Put it in your mouth and mush it, mush it around, Leo. Just like see if you see if it'll change. I don't know. I've changed a little bit. Okay, I will take a handful of fish and mush it around in my mouth for a while. That's probably very very disconcerting. Can you, can you describe what it tastes like? Nope. Do not have taste buds. Cannot taste anything. Don't have a stomach. Can't eat fish. Does it just kind of fall out as you chew it? 
Would you like some masticated fish? <laughs> I okay. So to be fair, like I think like Leo probably could eat fish, but it, it wouldn't necessarily like. It doesn't work like that, right? Like you don't yeah. need to eat, but like you could eat if you wanted, okay. right? <laughs> That's up to you. You could like eat fish, and I'm sure it falls out, but like maybe it also goes somewhere. <laughs> like it's in there now. Yeah. <laughs> There's no yes. digestive system, but yeah. it's in there now. <laughs> you could ingest it. You have a mouth, so like you could I have do a something with it. I probably have some internals that's allowing me to like speak. So I just imagine it goes down like a Mr. Potato Head situation, and then it's in there, and then you have to like <laughs> open the butt flap to like get to whatever. <laughs> During your sentry's rest, when no one's looking, you expel <laughs> all of your fish. <laughs> something like that. Do you think Ella's lush? Is Ella like sober? How is she doing in this situation? I think she is uh, a little tipsy, smiley, giggly, but uh, she, she's not trying to be like loud or anything. Um, she's looking concerning at F and how drunk he is. And she's like thinking, what, what if I just like pulled the thing up over his mouth? Would he, would he stop? Oh, the, the apples oh, are so on. good. <laughs> and as it goes up, I just get a little bit quieter. Until oh, no longer talking. Oh. <laughs> You're actually doing it. No, I'm it's thinking like, like mm, I don't know. Actually like, I want him to live his life, but also, <sighs> God, he's kind of annoying. <laughs> Apple juice so good. You guys have had plenty of time to take in your surroundings, to enjoy the food and the festivities and the music. I need everybody to roll a perception check, and anybody who thinks they might be drunk to roll at a disadvantage. Is tipsy drunk? Yeah, if you're if you're feeling the effects of alcohol, disadvantage. If you can't drive. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. For the record, that would be me in IRL as a DM. <laughs> <laughs> My <laughs> current perception is at disadvantage. I may as well have rolled at disadvantage. I got a seven. Seven for me. Holy shit. I rolled a 21 okay. and a one. Nice. Aww. That's why we do disadvantage. Okay, Ella, what'd you get? Seven. A seven. All right. Walker, I'm going to ask you to roll a perception check. 13. Walker, you're sitting in the uh, hot tub. The cold fountain. Yeah, the cold fountain <laughs> outside yeah. in the courtyard with Addy. And the two of you notice as an envoy of the city council arrives. And whether or not you'd know this, Addy for sure would know this. By an insignia they wear on their breast. You're accustomed to that from the fact that Godot asked you to wear an insignia as well, just to kind of like you know, uh, identify yourself to others who may be wondering. So someone arrives outside and is led in by guards. They're wearing an insignia that uh, is, a, you know, identifies them as an envoy of the council. And they make their way across the courtyard to the main hall of the observatory. So you see this. And they look like they're there on official business. I am a little bust. <laughs> this is my second whiskey. I am sorry. Um, oh yeah, no, it fits the vibe. <laughs> it's the vibe. Okay, so they make their way across the courtyard. You and Addy both observe them. They seem like they're there on official business. 
whatever we're kind of conversating about, I just kind of trail off and watch them walk in. And then I'm like a new kid with a new toy. So I manifest the echo as far away from me as I can. I think it's like 15 feet and then switch mm-hmm. spots with it and then start following them from there. So I just kind of like disapparate out of the, the fountain. No. Appear like 15 feet later. Creepy. Further, basically. And then start. Addy does not think that's tight. <laughs> it is very weird Fair enough. to see someone do yeah. that. Uh, but you follow this envoy and they head in through the foyer and into the mess hall and take a sharp left over to where the officers are sitting. Do you follow behind? Like, are you yeah, sneaking? I'll, I'll probably keep like a, not, not sneak, sneaking in the sense of trying not to look like I'm directly following them. I'm just okay. also heading into the building. But. Okay, you walk in and you see that this envoy, uh, this individual, let's give them a description. I think they're a little lanky, definitely short, lanky, um, narrow frame. They are, their hair is kind of slicked back and they seem preoccupied with their appearance. Like the fact that they're getting wet from being outside, it's like they held whatever, you know, book they were holding over their head and are kind of slicking their hair back as they walk in kind of got that like very like pretentious vibe to them and take a sharp left and walk over and they are talking to a um they're talking to a half-elf woman with close cropped hair she's got broad shoulders she's sitting up straight she's got her back arched and she has the look of her of being a high-ranking officer she's kind of like looking around the room and as she sees the envoy and recognizes their insignia, she quickly kind of snaps to attention and uh, gets a very serious look on her face. Whatever conversation she's engaged in, she immediately puts up a hand and everyone at the table stops talking as the envoy approaches. But you can't hear what they're saying from the distance you are. I'll just kind of keep trailing. Yeah. If you want to get closer, it's like going to be a little obvious that you're like eavesdropping. Do you want to roll like a kind of... If I could kind of try and stealth closer okay. to listen. Yeah. Yeah. 12. You walk by and uh, you get kind of a, a couple side glances and you hear the voice of the envoy as you're walking past. Like maybe you're ducking toward the kitchens, maybe going to grab a pint of ale, trying to look very discreet. And uh, you hear them say, Chief Tamlin, uh, forgive the intrusion. But and as you walk by, you get a couple side glances every pauses keep moving because you don't want to see going. Very... keep going yeah. past <laughs> yeah and you walk just a little past and you hear cheap Tamlin I forgive the intrusion but uh, I must speak with you it's urgent it's a matter of the council um, it, it's a matter of some urgency the council is calling an emergency meeting and uh, well I do have some information for you it is uh you may want to take a look and passes a scroll over to like a piece of parchment over to Chief Tamlin who reads it and gets a very grave serious expression on her face and kind of nods her head curtly and dismisses the envoy but you catch all of that as you're kind of walking past and it takes like there's a moment of kind of suspicion or, 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 you know, everyone regards you for just a moment, but as you walk past, they kind of ignore you and go on talking and you cast just like, like the bits of their conversation that are most important. I catch as much as I can without slowing down and just keep like a, as steady of a pace as I can, like focusing heavily on not speeding up, not slowing down Yeah. until I'm in the hall and I head towards the people that I know. 
yeah, kind of like rounding the tables in the hall and, and, and head down and you see the rest of your group sitting there and by now, um, either drunk or pretending to be. <laughs> uh, they Most of them are kind of like cheersing, you know, doing cheers with flagons of cider and uh, Leo is inexplicably holding up a fish and <laughs> like showing them like, yeah, look what happens when I eat it. Maybe everybody's like, eat, 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 eat. And really wants Leo to eat fish, right? <laughs> <laughs> they're not. They're not uh, concerned with people being drunk. They're concerned with watching Leo eat fish because they're like, "Where does it go? We don't know." <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Walkerl kind of put on a boisterous laugh as as he's watching, kind of chant along, "Eat, eat," and then slide in right next to Ella and just quietly, while still kind of maintaining a smile, lean over there. Any idea why the council might be having a secret meeting tonight? Ella looks shocked at Walker. Like, oh my god! Like, <laughs> when did you get here? Uh, but also looks around, try, tries to find, because um, she's scared. Like, is my dad in this fucking building right now? Ella, when Walker points it out, you see the individual that he's referring to, and you've totally seen this person. This is a uh, this person acts as sort of like a messenger, a herald. Uh, not a herald. A herald is the wrong word acts as a messenger on behalf of the council and has totally showed up to like inform your father before of um, you know matters concerning the council and on more than one occasion they've showed up and your father's demeanor has changed and kind of get the idea that whenever the council sort of like decides to act or whenever there is like a matter of some urgency whenever they decide to call a meeting even if it's not planned it, your father's behavior or mannerisms shift to focus on whatever that is. So seeing them here might bring back some of those memories. Mm. I said brings back, but what I meant is bring back. <laughs> it brings them back. It uh, brings back some memories. It brings them back. You recognize the individual that's there and uh, it might kind of put you on edge just a little bit. Because it's clear if they're showing up at this hour in the middle of a celebration, they're interrupting uh, this individual's, you know, celebration with the rest of their, their team, their people, it, it doesn't really sound like, it's not light business, right? It's not, it's not a casual sort of, uh, interruption. It's probably serious, whatever it is. I, I don't know why they would come here. It has to be serious if they're gonna come right now. That's the messenger that always talks to my dad and everybody else. Um, forgive me, because I'm not from here, technically, but is Tamlin on the council? I assume you would know. Maybe not Leslie, but oh, Tamlin, Chief Tamlin. That's what it was, right? Tamlin, T-A-M-L-I-N. Tamlin. Yeah, is Tamlin. Um, we'll say. Council? We'll say you've heard that name before. You've never seen them. Yes. I just <laughs> heard that name as I walked by. Uh oh. So. Yeah, Ella, you've probably never seen Chief Tamlin, but you've heard the name Tamlin for sure. Oh, like yeah, you, you would have no reason yeah. to have ever seen them, but you would have like definitely heard your dad mention their name before. Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. Do you think uh I can't imagine an emergency meeting two days after what happened happened? I mean it's gotta be related, right? You're talking about the explosion, or? Yeah, what happened? Uh, okay. Sorry, I'm trying not to draw too much attention here. Right, right, right. Um, yeah, I definitely Just think maybe smiling. they have a lead. Laugh a little. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I that's the only huge thing, you know, like happening. Uh, so I think that'd be good to. Um, I'm sorry, I'm a little tipsy right now. Uh, this right, well, it might not be a good time to tail somebody. Go stand in the rain and sober up, and then I'm gonna grab <laughs> F's <What>? shoulder. <laughs> Just like very friendly, big grab on the shoulder and like laughing. <laughs> I'll lean in. Uh, you want to go get some apples outside? I have. They gave me liquid apples, and I pull up my my mask <laughs> on accident, and I, so I pull up the mask. But I meant to pour the beer, so I pull up the mask, and then I pour the beer through my mask. I kind of grab <laughs> the mug and like put it on. Well, let's get let's get you some solid apples. I think okay. it'd be good for you. All right. All right. Okay. We Leo, could, how's that fish? Do that. It sucks, man. <laughs> All right, yeah, you know, let's 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 wash that off of you. Come on, come on. And I kind of like wave you guys towards outside. <laughs> I fucking love Leo. <laughs> <laughs> sucks, man. <laughs> Leo's just. Uh, I mean, this won't matter to anybody on the podcast for most people here, but my friend Brandon, who he's like one of our roommates, he was straight edge till he was like twenty seven. Yeah. He was just him at every party. <laughs> hey, Brandon, how you doing? This sucks. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, how old is he now? I definitely... we, we need context. We need. He's like 29. Two years. Two years of he, parties. First time he ever drank. 29. First time yeah. he ever drank was my bachelor party. So. Wow. Yeah. I had I really no idea. Did. That's amazing. Yeah. No, he's, okay. he just sucks that much sober. Nice. <laughs> cool. On the record. <laughs> um, all right. So you're taking everybody outside. Go ahead. Yeah. And you then once we're the out there, I'll kind of like really quickly huddle everybody together. I'm like, I'm sorry, I lied. There's no apples. Fuck. Uh, there's Eleanor's. There's a uh, council's pulling some me like emergency meeting bullshit. And I kind of think it's related to whatever we're looking after. Kind of want to follow him. Are they leaving right now? I don't know. Are they? <laughs> uh, yeah, they would have delivered their message and then immediately turned. I would to try leave. and like, I would like uh, Tamlin or Tamlin already already left as well. No, actually, Tamlin stayed behind. The envoy left, and Tamlin has a piece of parchment with some kind of message on it. I would be trying to stay in an area where we could see if Tamlin left. Okay, yeah. No, Tamlin stays behind, and the envoy leaves, and uh, you guys all discuss this. So let's well, just take, gonna, like, a minute. Are we going to go? Yeah, go yeah take, like, a quick minute. Maybe you guys, let, let's say that, like, the envoy leaves, and you go outside, and you're discussing yeah. this. Um, take, like, just a minute or two to, like, discuss this among, your, among yourselves, and then decide what you guys want to do as a group. Remembered, I have an apple in my pocket. I pull it out and bite into it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm eating my apple while I'm listening. So this podcast is aggressive about its apple representation. Yep. I can't <laughs> wait. It's more that it's important than you eat when you drink <laughs> and Beth doesn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to get a... Uh like granny smith sponsorship yeah no i'm I'm down like i'm yeah. i'm going after pink ladies like nobody's business well i mean we don't have to go but 
I'm down. I saw. Whatever yes. you guys want to do, I'm I'm yes, down. You gonna for be anything. okay? Nods. Bites into yeah. the apple again without saying anything, but totally could have choosing not to say anything. Have, it might be, honestly, if if you're fighting it, I would say just just let it just let it happen. Just throw up. I don't know what that means. Better. <laughs> How do you do that? Can I just say that like my imagination is taking me to a place where F is like still talking but forgetting to take the the cloth down. <laughs> like it's to the point where they're just talking through the cloth and it's just going everything the same. It it goes both ways where sometimes they're talking with the cloth down and sometimes they're talking with it up. But like right now eating the apple, I'm like, I don't know how to do that. Okay, well, if at any point you feel like you're gonna spew, probably better for you to just roll with it right now. I've got the cons. I've got the we have built internal machines that okay. hiccup. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, do you have like poison resistance or anything? <laughs> I'm curious. Sometimes that's a thing. There's a shift in the energy as you guys are talking outside. Chief Tamlin has taken the stage and she takes a deep breath as everyone stops to look in her direction and the din kind of slowly fades to absolute fucking silence. This woman, she commands attention. She kind of crumples the parchment in her hand and drops it to the floor and says, I know we're all having a great fucking time. I, far be it from me to interrupt that. But this can't really wait. Um, As of this moment, all investigations are suspended. Vesper is on lockdown. PJ Heller as Leo Feldman, Leslie Ray as Ellen L. Valen, Joshua Ramsey as Walker Omeron, and Crossland Shaw as F, aka The Future. The show is a production of Atomic Pylon Media. Our intro theme was composed by Mathar, and the track you're hearing now is Spooked by Fajon. This episode was mixed by Jeremy Tuttle and was edited by Crossland and Mathar. Our cover art was illustrated by Leslie Ray. You can support the show by following at Catacomb Party on Instagram and Twitter and on your favorite podcast platform so that you never miss an episode. You can leave us a five-star review on Apple and that'll help a ton with reaching more listeners like yourself. Our Discord server link is in the description. I think there's already some Godot fan art floating around, so maybe come check it out, yeah? Hey, by the way, can you believe that we actually stuck to the weekly schedule? Think we can keep it up? Thank you, as always, for the endless support of our silly little game. We're here for the long haul, and uh, I hope you are too. Now, get out.
I've got a mechanics question. Yes, please. After several hours, if anybody is uh, standing next to me, can I dole out poison damage for the the rank fish smell that's going to be coming out of my mouth? (laughs) 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 (laughs)